podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Andy, hello. How are you? And uh, who do you support? And who are you, even? Introduce yourself. <laughs> so I'm somebody from Somerset with really bad internet. Uh, sorry. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I am FPL Mode on Twitter. I do Scoutcast and the members vids on Scout as well. Uh, make sure you're signing up to Scout. Uh, Ed needs to get that in there every time. And uh, um, I'm a Man United fan for my sins. Oh, crikey. Okay. Are you a bit optimistic about the season for United? I actually United. really am. Manchester United, sorry. Yeah, um, I actually am. I think for the first time in a while, we've kind of said, here's our gaps. We need to go and fill them. And we have. So we've got Mount, we've got Onana. We needed both those players. I think if we get someone like Hoyland in, I think we're we're flying, to be perfectly honest. I think Kane would have been the the absolute, this is who we really want up top. But I think Hoyland's that kind of long-term player we want so yeah no I'm quite happy at the moment and I think for FPL purposes maybe Mount could be an option but not someone I'm looking at straight away but Onana is definitely somebody I'm looking at. So, so who would be your top three Man United picks as a Man United fan it's always good to ask fans of the actual clubs go for it who would be your top three I mean it seems popular obviously a Rashford Bruno double up seems like it might be a thing for some people and then maybe Shaw but now Onana's in maybe it's him what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people would probably go Shaw over Onana, even though he's 0.5 more. I think because of his ability to get bonus points and the fact you know he's you know he's not new to the league, he knows exactly what he's doing. I think that's a good shout. Those first three fixtures are quite nice as well, but I think Bruno and Rashford are such lovely prices. Bruno's obviously got the pens; he's 0.5 cheaper than Rashford. Rashford's the goal scorer, but if we do get a striker in, I think you know maybe that kind of heat is off Rashford a little bit in terms of getting goals. So. I think because Onan is still very new and he's just about to come in, I think I'm still going to go for Shaw, Rashford and Bruno. But Onana could, could easily kind of eke Shaw out after a couple of weeks. And do you think, regardless of anything, it's definitely a triple-up for United this season? I don't think it's definitely a triple-up because we've got so many lovely... We've got so many good teams with lovely fixtures. So with Man City and Arsenal there, who have just got lovely fixtures, Brighton, who have got brilliant fixtures, even teams like, you know, Villa... People are going for Spurs. I don't think it's a definite. You have to have a double up because uh, a triple up because I don't think people are going to go double defence. I don't think people would go for a striker if we do get a striker in because we're going to see how it kind of works to start with. It's just whether people want to go Rashford and Bruno. And I think because we've got such a you know a myriad of choices in midfield, it's whether people want to go for that double risk in midfield. And I can understand if people do, and I can understand if people don't. So I don't think it's a dead set. Okay, okay. Just so uh, you know everyone how this works, if you've just joined, you can request to ask Andy or me. You're probably not going to want to ask me a question unless it's about Newcastle, but uh, you can ask Andy a question. So do request, or any FPL question, do request. And we've got our first one straight away with Dano. So I'm just allowing Dano to speak. Dano, once you've connected, unmute yourself and ask your question. Go for it. How are you, Andy? Um... The thing a lot of people are having debate of, obviously, is Rashford and Bruno is going, obviously, people have Saka. How would you um, classify the debate between, like, Martinelli, Odegaard, Foden, Madison, and then, like, a Bruno and the difference of price? How would you put it to that, then? Yeah, hi, Dad. Thank you so much for asking the question, bud. Um, it's really, really hard with those midfielders. Like, there's so many great midfielders that you're going to want to start with, and I think a lot of people are starting to look at City's fixtures in those first seven game weeks and they're just ridiculously good and they're starting to want more than just Haaland because obviously the problem with Haaland is 
even when you captain him, you're not really getting many points from him against the pack. So I think a lot of people are starting to look for someone like Foden now. I think it's always going to be interesting with Foden. I think every single season, everybody's always said, this is the year he's going to start getting the minutes. And it's always going to be expected minutes that's going to be the issue with him. He can do well. People have been burnt by him so many times before. So I think for me, he's not ridiculously low down, but he's you know kind of fourth or fifth in my choices there. I think Madison's a really lovely shout. I think Spurs are going to be incredibly attacking this year. Four lovely fixtures in their first five. I think that can't be ignored either. And if Kane does stay, I think that really helps Madison. So I, I think Madison's a really good shout, although he hasn't been in any of my drafts yet. Saka is somebody who's an absolute lock for me. I think with those first three fixtures of Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace and Fulham, you can't ignore Saka. He's absolutely nailed. He's gone penalties as well. He is one of my near essential players. I hate calling people essential, but he's a near essential for me. And then Bruno or Rashford, I do think you kind of have to start with one of them. And I am actually going to be starting with both of them. I'm pretty sure I will be. But if I wasn't, it'd probably be another Arsenal lad I'd be going for. Saka, then Odegaard, then Martinelli is probably the option I would go for in terms of the order of those Arsenal lads. But yeah, I hope I've kind of answered your question there. I'm, I'm not sure whether I did or not. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it's going to be you did. I mean, it's going to be interesting with the Nana. I mean, I didn't play Serie A fantasy. Gianni, do you know how many points he finished on in Serie A fantasy last season? And even Hoyland, did, do you remember? Don't know if you remember. Do you remember how many Nana finished on or no? Oh, I love. Oh, that. sorry. No, oh, I am here. He is here. It's, it's, it's an absolute miracle. He's not asleep. Different. Uh, I am in bed, um, but the baby's crying. <laughs> so Cam is uh, gone to give us some milk. So I've got a, another fifteen-minute spell where I can do some FPL. Um, yeah, Anana. In it was the question about Serie A fantasy and Anana last year. He was good. Um, Inter didn't actually keep as many clean sheets as you'd expect, though. Um, I know their Champions League form was insane. Did he get eight clean sheets in the Champions League, which was a record, I think, last season, yeah, Anana? Um, but, yeah, he gets save points. What The scoring in Serie A fantasy is slightly different, but in the in FPL, he's going to be amazing for bonus because with bonus points, obviously you unlock different uh, platforms in the BPS when your pass completion is high, and I think, again, when you hit 30 passes. Now, very f- few keepers reach that high percentage and the 30 passes every game and Arna's someone that almost certainly will every game so again if he keeps a clean sheet and he's made I don't know three saves you're probably backing him to get a bonus obviously with bonus you're competing against your teammates though so we know the likes of I don't know Raya or Pickford that competing with rubbish players in their team not all of them but many rubbish players therefore higher chance of getting bonus with United if they go and win 4-0 the defenders probably aren't getting the bonus or goalkeepers because obviously Bruno and Rashford and co have racked up big scores. But I do think he's going to be a good bonus option. If he's 5 million, I know Andy said he probably thinks he'll go sure. If he's 5 million, he's going to be the highest owned goalkeeper in the game by a country mile. I think he'll be 30, 40% owned. If he's 5.5, probably 10% owned. It's a, it's a big swing that. I'm really hoping he does come in at 5.0 though. I, I'm tempted to put him in regardless, even at 5.5. Although you could argue, if you're spending 5.5 on a United defender or goalkeeper, you go Luke Shaw. Um, but yeah, he's going to be a he's going to be an amazing option, and I do think FBL will price him at five because they price Ramsdale at five, and I think it, there's similar sort of returns there. Yeah, I think um, I think I will be going for Onana if he's five. Personally, I think if he's five, and, and obviously Luke Shaw is 5.5. I really find it hard to go for sure over Onana. So I think I probably would be doing that and freeing up the 0.5. 
Brilliant. All right. Thanks. Good, good question, Dano. We'll have you back in a second. Let's go to a question from Ugi Johan. Sorry, I've probably pronounced that wrong, but Ugi Johan, unmute yourself and then ask your question. You are muted currently, so you'll have to unmute yourself. There you go. Uh, hey, I'm from Iceland. Uh, uh, I was wondering about uh, Musa Diab- Diabi, who just joined the Arsenal Villa. Do you think he will be a viable asset for FBL this year? Great question. Uh, Andy or Gianni? Andy, do you know much about Musa Diaby? All I know is he was linked to Newcastle for ages uh, and then we didn't get him and now Billy have got him. I, I won't lie. I really like him as a player and I feel like there's a lot of hype about him. I think a lot of people are really excited by the signing. I think the thing that excites me more is the fact that it just kind of shows that Aston Villa are going to be a team that are going to carry on how they finished last season. And I think they're being slept on like a lot. And I think there's you'd be quite shrewd to get some Aston Villa players in. They've got some nice fixtures in the first five. They've got a little bit of a, a barren spell in kind of game week six, game week seven. But then it's lovely again after that. So I think a lot of people could be looking to get some Villa players in. I just I I worry with Villa players. I mean, it's different now under Emery, but I just remember Leon Bailey. Everybody got so excited about you know Leon Bailey, and then he didn't really hit the heights we were expecting. He even went down to five million, I think, at one point, and he still didn't hit the heights we were expecting. So, I think with those kind of new signings, they're always watch list for me. Put them on the watch list. Wait to see what happens. See how they bed into the team. See if they get the minutes to start with as well, and then you can start thinking about getting them in. If he's starting to look good and he's looking good after six, seven weeks, from game week eight onwards, those fixtures are gorgeous. So that's when I'd probably be looking to get someone like him in. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, I, I know New, Newcastle were linked with him about a year ago. Um, I can see FBL Tombs in the, in, in, the, in the chat here, not the chat, the kind of spaces. And we were kind of quoted, I remember about a year ago, maybe 60, 70 million, 65 million or something. And it looks like Villa have, have tied up for 50 million. But I do think that Newcastle's interest cooled off. Uh, I think he's probably not an Eddie Howe player, but he does look like a good player, so who knows? He's one of those unknowns, isn't he? He's like every player that comes from a foreign league into the Prem. You never know what's going to happen. We've we've had great hopes for Havertz and Werner in the past and all these players. Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, it looks yeah. like we've got a question from Da King. Da King, you'll have to unmute yourself and speak. I think you're an Arsenal fan, so go for it. Are you an Arsenal fan? I don't I'm a Chelsea, Chelsea fan. fan. Okay, sorry. I think I, I think I looked at someone else's profile. Go for it. What's your question? Yeah, like currently I'm on um four four two formation, but and I still have um one point five million in the bank. But my last midfielder is um Pablo Fonaus. But because of so many drafts I've been seeing of three five two, three five two, I'm thinking of like swapping him off and you know bringing on the bigger um, midfielder and if I'm to sell a defender, like I'm trying to look for a good midfielder that's going to be in that kind of price because right now, like all I'm getting is like 7 million and I'm trying to find a way to increase that budget more and get maybe another Arsenal player. So you're so, thinking yeah. of a budget, What's who's a budget midfielder basically? Yeah. Andy, who's your budget midfielder of choice? Uh, I mean, if we want to go really budget midfielder, I think the the best kind of 4.5 midfielder that we know is going to play every game is literally just signed for Luton uh, in Marvellous Nakamba. Uh, great first name. Uh, so I think if you want to go budget, you go for him. He could be our... I mean, he's not going to be 
what Andreas Pereira was last year, but I think that's where you go. And I think if you're playing four four two, that fifth midfielder's got to be really budget, in my personal opinion, because you're playing four four two for a reason. I do think three five two is very popular for a reason as well. I feel like those midfielders are too good to turn down. And I feel like whichever defender you get in for to make it a four four two is probably going to be bettered by whatever midfielder you can maybe afford. So if you can stretch to six point five a midfield I would do it personally. But, you know, that's not to say four four two can't work for the first three, four weeks. Good, thank you. Good, great question. Thank you for that. We've got another one from a scout uh, uh, vet, Nuclear Atoms. Hello, hello Nuclear, Atom, Nuclear Atoms. What's your question? Yeah, my question was about Liverpool. Like, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? And do you see Jota and uh, their starting eleven? Because Nunes didn't impress me at all. Mm. Oh God! You know what? I I really want to to be able to trust one of those those attackers slash wingers slash midfielders. And every time I look at it, I'm I'm just thinking one of them is going to be absolute gold. But trying to pick which one's going to be absolute gold is really really tricky. They're all a little bit injury prone. They're all kind of had flashes and and then not done much for ages. I, I, I it wasn't that long ago that everybody was saying Jota hasn't scored in like a thousand minutes, whatever it was. And then he obviously got a brace. So it's really tricky to pick. I do think Diaz is going to have a really good season this year. I feel like he's going to kind of push forwards and push on. I feel like Gakpo could be good as well. Um, but actually, Jot is somebody that I know he's, he just did quite well in the preseason game, but he, he hasn't always been top of my list just because I feel like he's kind of dispensable in their team, but they do like playing him. So I'm I'm really struggling. Based on the fact that if you wanted Liverpool, you get Salah and Trent. And then after that, you kind of go for a bit of a luxury player. They've obviously got Bournemouth in game week two, which is lovely. But apart from that, I don't think maybe the rewards are there for the risk you're taking to get one of those players in. So again, I think I'm happy to wait and see which one of them is getting the most minutes and maybe go for them after kind of, what, game week five, maybe? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be really tricky picking which one to go for. But if you get it right, you could be laughing in the first couple of weeks. Great. Thanks, Andy. Uh, we're going to take questions from Navy Blue, FPL Grass, Ali in a second and others. There's loads of questions coming in. Amazing. We're heading towards 100 followers. We're just going to take a second and just say, uh, Andy, I'm going to ask you and Jani, if you're there, you can speak as well. Why have you rejoined Scout? 30 seconds max. And how has it helped you get good ranks? Because obviously this is Scout. With It's pre-season. If you're looking to win your mini leagues, if you're willing to beat your mates, if you're wanting to join the home of fantasy football, there's a free tier. We've got some paid tiers as well. You can do that. We've got loads of data and stuff. But Andy, how has it helped you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm going to go a bit fanboy here, but uh, the guy that we had on last week, the general, he's obviously with Scout now. He does his podcast with Scout, and I religiously listen to his pod every single week. He's the, one of the easiest listens, you know, guys to listen to. He's absolutely spot on every week, and uh, yeah, I think it was absolutely massive that he wanted to join Scout, and I think he did it for the right reasons as well. And he said last week in this space, you can go and check if you want. Go on FPL General if you've heard of him. Go on his Twitter account look at his followers and scroll down to the bottom and see who he followed first in his whole Twitter life. It was us. So yeah. there you go. Uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, there is a link at the top of the spaces, by the way. If you click that, you can see the link and some information. But anyway, let's take a question from Navy Blue. Navy Blue, unmute yourself and ask your question. Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's not a reaction to the 5-0 win from against Wrexham, but... Sure, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But 
Um, who, are we underestimating Chelsea a little bit? But are we the best team in the world? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, five 0 obviously. Yeah, Hollywood style. <laughs> Chilwell and Cuckoo, Lamp, you know, Lampard, Sterling. Lampard. <laughs> you were going to say Lampard. <laughs> Nearly did. Nearly yeah. did. Sterling. Okay. What, yeah, it'd be good yeah. to understand what we think. I'll, I'll add. I'll add to that question, Andy. In Kunku is one yeah. that I'm massively excited about. I've said this in the space last week. He's one who immediately, as soon as he came to seven and a half, I thought, I'm getting him. And then the only thing that's making me not get him now is looking at everyone's drafts and hearing people say, you know, he's not in their drafts. And, you know, Champions League fantasy last year, he was incredible. But we've had this before with Havertz yeah. and Werner, like I mentioned earlier, with, with, with Chelsea. So talk to us. Who should we get from Chelsea? Help yeah. us, please. We really have. We've had this. I mean, I feel like we have this every year with Chelsea because they, their assets look good, and but they're always in a state of flux and they never seem to be settled. And the thing I love about Chelsea this year is that we can wait. We can wait for those first two weeks and see how they're setting up, see whether... Because we obviously we're seeing that maybe those um, wing-backs are going to be getting forward a bit more, especially Chilwell. He looked ridiculously advanced. I think we can wait for those first two weeks and see how they're getting on. They've got Liverpool at home, then they've got West Ham away. Two fixtures where we can see how they're getting on. And then game week three and four, Luton at home, Nottingham Forest at home, and then Bournemouth away. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be moving to them then. My problem with getting them in to begin with is that there are too many other teams that have really nice fixtures that can't be ignored. So it just marries up perfectly that you can jump on those other teams that have nice fixtures, watch Chelsea for two weeks, and then jump on them in game week three. You can easily go from a Jesus to a Nkunku in game week three, although Jesus does have Fulham at home. But I think Luton at home is probably a little bit better than that. And then you can kind of maybe... I mean, it's really hard to pick any other players that I would want to go for from Chelsea to start with. I think it's just those wing-backs, really. So Nkunku is definitely in my thoughts. And Chilwell's kind of edging closer towards James at the moment. I absolutely love James. He's one of the best footballers in the entire league. But Chilwell, I mean, even just in that last game, he looked basically like a left winger slash striker at times. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely the ones that are in my thoughts. But I think they're, they're just a wait for the first two weeks. Is Kepa not one that you would look at as well? I had him for uh-huh. quite a long period of last season and did yeah. really well. Uh, I, I wish he would. But I, I, I think Onan is really in my thoughts, even paying an extra 0.5 million. Kepa just always worries me. He did really well at points last year and I owned him. I think it was in a nil-nil against Liverpool where he was, you know, he just kept picking up bonus points and clean sheets. But I just don't know what you're going to be like defensively this year yet. So rather than going on with a risk and spending 4.5 on him, I think I'd rather go for another keeper that I know a bit more about what the defence is going to be, if that makes sense. Great. Really good question. Thanks for that. Um, Let's... Get rid of that. And now let's go to FPL Grass FC. FPL Grass FC, unmute yourself and ask your question. Thanks for having me on. Uh, in terms of formations, I'm debating between a 3-4-3 and a 3-5-2. And the conundrum really is whether I go for a cheap striker like Ferguson or Visa or a midfielder like Ebromo or Mitoma. I feel Ferguson will probably get more points in the first three game weeks, but Mitoma gives me more flexibility later on. So three five two or three four three was that I think? Yeah. Yes. I I think you've literally hit the nail on the head with your last sentence there. I think doing three five two gives you way more flexibility, and I think it's those midfielders you're going to be wanting to go to. So, for instance, after Brighton's lovely run to begin with, they've got two 
harder games and Newcastle at home and Man United away, you can jump off the Matoma and move to somebody else there. Whereas there really isn't a lot of options up top. If Ferguson starts brilliantly, lovely, you're going to be loving life. And I think that's a really good shout as well for those first three game weeks. But after those first three game weeks, if if Ferguson's not working or they're playing Pedro more or they're playing somebody else more, who do you move him to then? And I think you're kind of stuck with him. And all of a sudden you're having to play maybe a cheap midfielder or defender that you don't want to be playing every week. I think that flexibility of those five in the middle is a really lovely way to go. So uh, that's why I've struggled with the kind of three up top formations because you can get that second nice striker, but the, the third striker is always going to be a tricky one. Yeah, thanks for that. That's great. Let's go to our next question. We've, we've got loads of questions coming in, which is brilliant. Let's go to uh, Ali. Ali, unmute yourself and ask a question. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so basically, it's about Trent. So my question is, how essential is he? Because, you know, would you would you rather have Trent and a six million midfielder such as Gibbs, Gibbs White or McAllister or whoever that might be? Or Bruno Fernandes and Chilwell, because if we take those two options, obviously it's a no-brainer to go for the second option. But then we know the you know potential capabilities of Trent. So you know, what do you what do you think of Trent per se? Yeah, yeah. So Trent hasn't left my draft, if I'm perfectly honest. But I do have Bruno as well. So I feel like I've made kind of I've moved things around to make sure that I can have Trent and and those midfielders I want as well. So I'm assuming maybe you're spending a bit more money elsewhere. If you are doing it just, you know, in a vacuum and saying Trent and a six mil midfielder or Bruno and Chilwell, yes, I'd 100% go Bruno and Chilwell. But I feel like I, I still just haven't looked at my team and thought I, I would rather spread the funds than have Trent. But I will say that if they don't sign a defensive midfielder, because obviously Fabinho's mm. gone, Trent's been kind of inverting and playing that kind of DM role every now and again and kind of in the match. And that does blunt him a little bit, I think. It won't blunt him completely and he won't be playing there all yeah. the time. And I'm hoping they sign somebody in that role. But it does blunt him a little bit. I will say as well, Robertson on the other side was getting forward a lot more than Trent was in the last, in the pre-season friendly. But he does have rotation risks with uh, Simicast there. So, yeah, at the moment, Trent's still in my team. But I want to be watching things quite closely up until deadline day. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's funny you say that because I, I, I've had Trent the whole time. It's just today that I decided yeah. to move him out. And uh, pick the, pick pick option two option two really so yeah no yeah I, I won't lie I am very scared to do mm-hmm. that because if I take him out and spread yeah. the funds I'm not going to want him get to want to yeah. get him back in again so I think in a little bit of stubbornness I've kind of kept him in knowing that if I change him I might not want to go back again so at the moment he's still... yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure brilliant thanks for that question Ali that was really really good um, let's we've had another request from someone called. Alvarez, so Alva, I'm adding you as a speaker, but it's not letting me. Okay, there we go. That's uh, Maybe he's got the same internet as you. Maybe he's in the same area as you, Andy. Let's go back to Ugi Johan, who's spoken before, but he's back again. Ugi, I don't actually know what your name is. Your, your, your username is Ugi, so go for it. Unmute yourself, and uh, what's your question? Uh, hey, guys, uh, I was wondering if... Uh, Mo Salah is being underlooked because uh, many uh, players don't have him in their teams and I'm quite reluctant to not have him. Yeah, for the first time almost in about seven years, six years, it does seem his his ownership might be pretty low game week one. Is that going to be, is that right, Andy? 
Yeah, it's looking like that. I mean, the thing is, I think because Haaland's obviously 14 mil and we've got some of these other midfielders that are quite nicely priced and are under 10 mil and we kind of feel like they're a lock, you know, a, a, a United player, a, a Arsenal player, I feel like he's going to be very low owned. Game week two is when it's going to be interesting. I think game week one, you can get by and you'll be okay. Game week two is when people are going to start maybe clamouring for a Salah yeah. and maybe trying to take hits to kind of get get him in. Do you I have him, Andy? If you're going without, I do not. I have Trent. I've tried. Um, I've tried to have him in my team, but it's not working. It's no. I, thing is, as well, like it, it would be completely different. I think if game week two, Man City had a really tricky fixture. Yes, it's Newcastle, but it's at home. So I don't think that's, that's the hardest bad. fixture in the league, it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a Newcastle fan, Man everyone. If you didn't home, know, but carry on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but because he's got that home fixture, I think people are just going to be captain in Haaland anyway. So don't get me wrong. If you go for Salah, I think you've got to captain him in game week two, because otherwise I don't really see the point of changing your whole team to get him in. But I do think he's going to be uh, somebody that a lot of people get in. If people are wildcarding in game week eight, nine, they've got a lovely run. And I think people are, are going to be making sure they're getting him in by then. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been, you know, I, I am a... Um classic sort of tinkerer with my team and I, I constantly am changing, changing, changing and uh, Salah's been in and out and in and out. I think I probably will start with him. Let's try and get Alvar back in. Um, it didn't work last time. We're connecting this time. If it doesn't work, then he's... Uh... Hey, here he is. Alvar, what's your question? I think this might work this time. How are you? Oh, uh, hear me? Um, you hear me all right? Um, if you said, can we hear you, then I kind of got that, but you kind of came in and out as well. So say something else. Uh, hear me all right, right Yes, now. I can hear you all right. Let, let, let's go for it. Ask Andy a question. Okay, uh, so um, how do you approach the amount you put on your bench? So, um, and does the amount of nailed players in your starting lineup have any kind of impact on that? Because I've, I'm a very new player, so I don't really know how much money I should put on my bench. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. Very good question. How much money should we put on our bench? Go, Andy. For a new player. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, no, that's a, it's a good question, to be fair, because I think a lot of people, when they first start, think they need 15 really good players. And the, 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 really, you, you don't. As long as you don't have those kind of really risky players in your team, and even a lot of those risky players are still going to get some minutes. So the amount that your bench gets used is actually quite rare, especially to go three deep on your bench. I'm saying all this without kind of postponements and, uh, and queen deaths and things like that this year, hopefully. But what I would say is there are always players that are available for kind of 4.5, 5 million that, that are cheap and they are going to play every minute and they're going to be reliable and get you kind of two, maybe three points. That's the kind of players you need on your bench. So, for instance, at the moment, I have two 4 million defenders on my bench and I've got a 4.5 million striker. So... That's that's I'm literally spending the least you can possibly spend on your bench because those benches, those, those bench points aren't getting you any points. They're not coming into your team that often. So I am spending as little as possible to make sure I've got as much money as possible in my main team. The other thing is as well, the amount of times every season that I think, oh, I need to plan for the first 10 weeks. You really don't. You need to plan for the first two or three. And then the majority of people will wild card after the first two or three weeks. So don't think too far Hello? ahead. Make sure your t- you know your first eleven looks good, and then go from there. 
Brilliant. Thanks, Andy. That's really good. Um, let's go to, seeing as he just said hello uh, when he should have been muted, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Let's go to Mo Connor. Mo Connor, hello. You can unmute yourself and uh, say hello again if you want, and then ask your FBL question. Go for it. You'll have to unmute yourself, Mo Connor. Hello, hello. Hi. Oh, that's the other person. Okay, hello, Oliad. Do you want to ask your question? Yeah, yes, yes. I have a okay, I like how you just went in there. No one asked you. You came in and you asked your question. You, are, you must be running some FTSE 100 company or something. Go for it. What's your question? <laughs> uh, do you think uh, it's worth it to use wildcard on Game Week 7? Uh, well, it's really hard to say at the moment because... Obviously, we're, we're, at the moment, we're only really thinking about um, game week. What, what three, four weeks ahead of us? Is that like a, is that like a is that game. like a well known thing that game week seven's a swing, Andy? I'm not up to date. Is that is that a thing, or do you not know? Uh, in game week seven, quite a few teams look different. So all of a sudden, Arsenal's lovely fixtures change because Arsenal and Man City play each other in game week eight. Aston Villa and Spurs have beautiful fixtures for a little bit after game week seven. So I think a lot of people are thinking about getting some of those in. And I think that's where kind of Man City and Arsenal take a bit of a breather with their gorgeous fixtures. That's the thing. It's really hard to say what's going to happen before then. You know, Haaland gets injured in game week two or three and all of a sudden everybody's trying to wildcard to bring different people in. So I would probably say, yeah, it looks like a nice time and maybe pencil that in. But don't rule out kind of wildcarding a little bit later on as well. Don't rule out wildcarding earlier if you really need to. So... Game week seven could be nice, but yeah, it's really hard to plan that far ahead yet. Okay, brilliant. Nuclear Atoms, you're back. What's your question? Yeah, I wanted to know about Newcastle from a footballing point of view, actually. How they're shaping up? Should they be more busy in the transfer window? Yeah. And by the way, I do want us to draw against Newcastle in the Champions League. Vinicius versus Trippier would be a fascinating, gritty battle on that flank. That would be amazing. Okay, well, I think I'll take this one. Is that is that all right, Andy? It's the only topic I'd ever say I can I can speak authoritatively on slightly. No, that's absolutely lovely, mate. I'll put my feet up. Thanks. For a right. Minutes. Well, so should we have been busier in the transfer market? Well, yes and no. Everyone, when we got taken over by the Saudis, thought we were going to go absolutely ballistic. But I am really pleased that we've done it. In a, it seems we've done it. First of all, sensibly, we've bought really well. There's, there hasn't been a signing with with made since the Saudi takeover that anyone really could say was poor. Even Chris Wood, we signed him from Burnley when we were in the relegation zone and they weren't. And then we got out of the relegation zone, they went in and we sold Chris Wood for 15 million. So we made most of our money back. You know, things like that, we've done really well. First of all, we've done it sensibly. Second of all, it seems like we're really trying to do it legally. Now, there's been issues with Man City and some other clubs, Chelsea, about breaking FFP rules. It seems like the Saudis who own us, it's not just Saudis, by the way, they own 80%. We've got the Ruben brothers as well, they own 20%. It seems like one of their key things is we are definitely not going to break these rules. We are, we're already under enough scrutiny, we're not going to do that. So, for example, the Harvey Barnes transfer, that was rumoured for probably two weeks now, and two weeks ago it was very much, deal's done. But then it became, oh, why is it delayed, why is it delayed, why is it not announced? Alanson Maximan goes to Saudi and then we announce Barnes because we were waiting on that money to sign them. Now, is that because we don't have enough money at Newcastle? Of course we don't. We're 15 times, of course we do, sorry. We're 15 times richer than Man City. It's just uh, we're trying to do it within FFP and not be ridiculous, yada, yada, yada. So I'm really pleased in that aspect. How are we going to set up next season? Well, 
The other signings would probably... Tonali is probably going to be the right of a midfield three. It will be Tonali, Bruno, and I think Joe Linton on the left side of mid midfield. It'll be Barnes left wing. It'll be, at the moment, Almiron right wing. And then up front, it'll be switching between Wilson and Isak. Now, remember, we're going to be fighting on four fronts next season, five fronts, whatever it is, for the Champions League. Our defence is going to be Botman and Shah still. I doubt we're going to sign a right-sided centre-back, although we have been uh, rumoured to sign this guy called Diassi. I think it's Diassi, uh, who seems pretty good. Right-back's obviously going to be Trippier, and goal's obviously going to be Pope. And then left-back is the signing that we will probably make next, I feel. Or it's the signing we need. Byrne may continue there. We've obviously got Target as well. But Byrne, although we love him, it's Geordie. He's not going to be someone who is Champions League level left-back. He tries his best. We love him. We'll never say a bad word about him, but we need the next level. So there's an answer to your question about Newcastle United. Thank you, Nuclear Atoms. Um, let's take the next question. Ali, you're back. How are you? What's your question? Ali, you there? I am, yes. Hello, what's your question? Right, uh, so my question is regarding the City defenders. So I've got John Stones for the longest time in my squad and I feel like he's kind of essential. But given his price point, 5.5, as well as Ruben Diaz, 5.5, I would say these two might be the most nailed uh, City defenders, but obviously we know Pep Roulette. Don't you think these uh, assets are being, you know, overlooked? Because, yeah, because, you know, as... As you say, Andy, I could have also done the same, having two, four million defenders and then possibly getting Trent over maybe John Stones. But, uh, yeah, I consider John Stones really high. So, do you think they're being overlooked? It's really hard to say whether they're being overlooked. I think a lot of people are looking at those City fixtures and thinking, yeah, brilliant, lovely fixtures all the way up till game week seven. You can see a few clean sheets in there. But how often have we said we can see a lot of clean sheets from City and they just never come? So what I've found with with City is trying to get a defender that's nailed is one thing. Trying to get a defender that's nailed and gets the clean sheets as well is another thing entirely. And it's really, really hard to find those defenders that play. Gavardio looks like he's coming. Obviously, that kind of provides a little bit more rotation. Looks like certain players could be off, like Laporte. So that obviously maybe frees up a little bit. But they still have four or five, you know, world-class centre-backs there. And that obviously worries me. I think Stones would probably be the one I would go for, for 5.5 million. I completely understand that. But again, trying to get him fit for longer than three, four weeks seems really tricky. Trying to find out whether he's going to be playing every week is tricky. And they just don't seem to be keeping clean sheets when they're supposed to be. So I think if you don't have an Arsenal defender, I would be getting one in. Someone like Gabriel is 0.5 cheaper as well. Someone like Shaw, I'd probably still prioritise over a um, City defender as well. And then you've got someone like a Stupinan as well. So there's there's other options too. But I think if you were Gundam ahead, I would be going for Stones if I had to pick a City defender. Great question. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, I mean, City seem to be trying to do something with their defence this year, don't they? They inquired about Botman at Newcastle and were rejected. And then they went to, for Guardiola. So that obviously means Gvardiol's the second best defender in the world and uh, Botman's first, so yeah. obviously. So, um, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant McGuire. Uh, oh, McGuire, yeah. Where's he? Still, still at United, yeah. just stripped of the captaincy. Um, yeah. Let's take a question from Soren. Soren, hello, how are you? Hi, so my question is on Salah. So it seems to me that Liverpool has a good run at the first half of the season. 
And then on the, sec- on the second half, he's going to go on AFCON. And then the fixtures, to me, aren't as good. Uh, is no one worried that they're not picking arguably the best asset in FPL? If they don't start with him, probably it's not going to be a good idea for the remainder of the season. Yeah, so, I mean, myself, I'm not picking a player for the whole season. I'm literally just looking at the first three, four game weeks to start with. And then, you know, like I said, we could wildcard or transfers happen and maybe you could get him in after that. The only week that really worries me in those first four weeks is Bournemouth at home. They've got Bournemouth at home in game week two. Last year, they played Bournemouth at home. They won 9-0 and Salah did nothing. Amazingly. I'm not expecting that to happen again this year. Both the 9-0 and him doing absolutely nothing. But they do have Chelsea away, Newcastle away and Aston Villa at home in the other three game weeks. I don't see those being massively high-scoring games. But the Bournemouth game in game week two is tricky. Can, can I just say, Again, can I just like feed I into this, Andy? Uh, it, it is, I do yeah. agree with Soren that it's really, I find it odd that Salah has been like the most owned player for game week one for the last maybe five years. And it's just it, far and away, he's been captain for everyone, it's, it's everything. All that's changed is, I mean, his season last season was still amazing. Like, I know by his standards, it wasn't quite the top, top. But we've had, is it just we've had another, I asked this of General last week, is it just we've got now an extra premium in terms of Haaland that makes Salah tricky to get to? Like, what is what is stopping people still just think that Salah's, uh, Salah is essential? Yeah, that's that's literally it. You're, you know, if you've got Haaland and Salah, you're spending over 26 mil on just two players in your team. That, that's over a quarter of your budget and you've still got to fill out the rest of your team. I it's it's just really tricky to get to both of them. When you've got Trent sat there at eight mil and you're saving yourself, you know, four mil or whatever it is to to go from Salah to Trent, I think that's the way like well way a lot of people are going. And the biggest thing is with with Salah as well, if you look at those first four weeks, you're spending over twelve mil on a player that you're not gonna be captaining apart from game week two. But even in game week two, like I said, Harlan's still got a nice fixture anyway and he's at home. So it is It is because of Haaland. That is the whole reason. We haven't had a player like Haaland in the league for ages where he could compete with Salah in terms of captaincy. Now we've got him, and I, obviously he, he's the priority. So I think, I think that's 100% why. Yes, Salah it will still do well, but it's not about picking a team on unlimited budget. It's about picking a team based on the budget restraints that you've got. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's the whole reason why people aren't going south. Cool. Yeah. Um, we've broken over 100 people in the space, Andy. So, uh, say hello. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. Let's take hello. a question from FPL. I love this name. FPL Posh Spice. FPL Posh Spice, unmute yourself. How are you? Nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> Norway is calling. Um, oh, it looks like triple, uh, triple up from uh, Teams. Uh, is a tactic to uh, get a really good start, better than your comp- uh, competitors. Which uh, team do you, would you triple up from to edge mm. it? Good question. Good question. Okay, Andy, which team would you triple up from? There's obviously a lot of people going Arsenal. There's a lot of people going United, Man United. Who else? Yeah. Or or which one would you choose? Uh, I love how you used to tell me off. Yeah, I, I know. I've done it twice. I've done it twice. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Carry on. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, anyway, yes, uh, I am currently on two triple-ups. I am on triple Arsenal and triple Man United. So I've got Gabriel, Saka and Jesus. And then I've also got Bruno, Rashford and Shaw, although it, that will be Onana, I think. 
I think it's just so hard to look away from those fixtures. You know, Arsenal have Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace, Fulham. Man United have Wolves, Spurs, who who knows how they're going to defend, and then Nottingham Forest. It's really hard to look past those first three fixtures, and you have to attack those first three fixtures. So th- those those players are just priced so nicely. I think you can triple up on them. I'm seeing a few people mention tripling up on Man City. I think I'd maybe be able to stomach a double up. I think, you know, Haaland and then a Foden, if the rest of your team's secure, I think is fine. But to go for three, there is every possibility that you've only got Haaland in that first game week. And, you know, we do not want to be stood there at fest with a pint in your hand with only Haaland playing when you've got two other City players uh, that, that should be playing. What's fest, Andy? That sounds play. amazing. So, I know, I thought I'd drop it in for you. Fest is something that I'm going to this year uh, and it is something that's organised by uh, by Ed and Gianni and Mark um, and it's amazing that you get to go and meet lots of other fantasy football enthusiasts, have a pint, get get chatting. Uh, I think there's usually some stand-up comedy as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it awesome. Kelly, Kelly Summers is hosting and we've got Lloyd Griffith and it's 11th of August in London. If you live in London, come along, find out more at www ff-fest.com that's www.ff-fest.com anyway I can't say anymore because Lewis is in the channel he'll tell all the F- the scout staff that I uh, I was talking about it so I better shut <laughs> up anyway let's go to Gurav Gurav Hazard Chelsea fan yeah? yeah hello how are you what's your question I'm good thank you I have a couple of questions mostly on my defensive line so I am going 3-5-2 like everyone else and I have Estopinan and Chilwell almost nailed in my team. The third spot is up for grabs. I'm not going United defense. Maybe I I understand, Andy, uh, you have United love as well. And, and Shaw is a brilliant pick. Everyone is on Shaw. But I believe that uh, with Mount in team and Bruno Fernandes, I think the 2-8 concept along with the 3 front three, uh, you guys will be more exposed uh, and I believe uh, susceptible to more chances. There will be more attacking football, which is good for uh, attacking assets, but I think uh, defensively it will be tough. So who should be my third um, defensive option if everyone is unsure? Uh, I have Poro as of now, but I'm not sure if Poro is going to play or not. So that's my first question, which I have, I have delivered. Do you have uh, Botman? Yeah. Not <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, can, can exactly. I? Can, yes, yeah, answer. yeah, but come on. Can, I had this argument last week in the spaces. Can I just say, Botman is the only player, almost it must be in like FPL history, who is four point five million, who is a, a nailed defender in the joint best defense of the league the year before. Has that ever happened? No, but you know he's. He's got oh, yeah, but you know. Oh, yeah, but first four fixtures, he's got Man City away, Liverpool at home, Brighton away. I mean, I'd rather buy him for 4.3 million in game week five than pay 4.5 before those four <laughs> fixtures. Oh, fine. Answer, answer, the, answer the rest of the question. You've answered mine. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm not going to lie, Grab. I really like the idea of Poro. I think with their attacking fullbacks uh, from what we've seen so far under Postacoglu I think that could be a really good shout and Spurs obviously have some nice fixtures the only thing I'd say with Spurs with owning a defender is their three really nice fixtures in the first four game weeks are all away and with Brentford Bournemouth I I just feel like there might not be clean sheets in there for Spurs so you're going to be really relying on Poro's attacking output if it were me I'd just put an Arsenal defender in there and Gabriel's my favourite there five million 
you know, he's, he, he was top for XG amongst defenders for quite a while last year. And with Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace and Fulham in the first three, there could be a goal. There's some clean sheets expected there as well. He's absolutely nailed. Arsenal are, I'm pretty sure their whole back line will be exactly the same next year. I know they signed Timber, but I can't see him coming straight in. So I think I'd be prioritising an Arsenal defender. Thanks, Andy. I guess that's a nice option. I started with Gabriel last time in my game with mm. one team, but I believe it's the same thing what I explained for United with Kai Howard signing there, Odegaard and Kai Howard in two number eights. I know Declan Rice will provide the solidity, but he may be again losing clean sheets. Last time also, uh, I believe they lost the Liba, but there were very less clean sheets they uh, got in their home fixtures. I guess only three, right? Yeah. So that's a dilemma as well. So, but yeah, but thank you for the answer. I think we, I can look at the. Gabriel option. And the second question is something uh, I have. Maybe sorry for asking again. Second um, question. The, uh, second question. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I need one more. Yeah. Okay. So I'm uh, basically a very risky manager, which likes to go against the template. And that's why I do not have uh, a lot of players uh, with a template team. I was triple locked on Chelsea, but I think... I lost my Chelsea bias and removed Sterling for Saka as of now. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to just to highlight, I have uh, Salah and Siso, uh, Foden and Martinelli as a main four midfield options. The fifth midfield option is for up for grabs, and I can only select one of them. I need both of them, which is Rashford or Saka. I know everyone is going both Rashford and Saka, but I need only one of them for two game weeks. My plan is to do Salah plus Nciso, which is 18 million, 12.5 and 5.5, to Son and Rashford in game week three by saving the transfer in game week two. I know this doesn't work. Uh, maybe there were some emergencies, but I think that's the plan. Rashford and Son back in game week three. But right now, only for the first two fixtures, who is better, Saka or Rashford? I fear Rashford. It's like FOMO for me. I know I have to get in somehow. So that's that's yeah. a go for it, Andy. And by the way, just just after you answer this, we're going to come to FPL reactions and then Sam. But go for it. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think out of the two of them, I think it would be Saka that I prioritise. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think with Nottingham Forest at home and Crystal Palace away, I think they're better fixtures than Wolves at home and Spurs away. Although I do feel like they could be good for attacking wise for for United, but. If ever it comes down to two players I think are close, it's always which one's got pens. And obviously Saka's on pens. All he needs to do is get, you know, a penalty or two penalties in those two games. And all of a sudden it's really hard for Rashford to catch up. If we've got a striker, is that kind of going to be off Rashford a bit? So I think if it was between the two of them, it would be Saka for me. Even though I have Martinelli almost nailed, so is it okay to double up rather than, you know, uh, have our options in both the teams, one for us and one for United? I don't think you should look mm-hmm. at it as uh, I've got Martinelli. I don't. I think Martinelli is a completely different discussion. I think you've just got to look at who's going to get you more points, Rashford or Saka. And in my opinion, I think Saka is going to get more points in those next couple of weeks. Um, because regardless of what Martinelli does, you're looking at just those two players. So if you ask me who's going to get more points, Saka or Rashford, in the first two weeks, I think it's Saka. Brilliant. Thank you, Andy. Let's go to Lewis, FPL Reactions. Hi guys. Hello, how are you? Nice, nice, well, nice to I see you here. Yeah, yeah. It usually I do tend to listen, um, but yeah, you know, you know what kids are like at this time. Like, they don't want to go bad, do no. they? Keep jumping out of bad. Obviously, I'm recovering as well. Um, still, I'm kind of finding my voice now a little bit as well, so I can actually. Lovely. What's your question? Yep. Yeah, so 
I was just wondering, obviously, the template is so, so strong, you know, at the beginning of kind of every single season. And differentials tend to go under the radar, don't they? At the beginning, everyone tends to like to play safe and stuff. And I just wanted to ask Andy uh, for his top three differentials, three players who he has even considered going into the start of the season with and why. Nice. Um, yeah, and Lewis, mate, I should say as well, like you're an absolute legend of the community. Appreciate everything you do and your Champions League stuff is top notch. So thank you very much to you as well. The only reason um, I started working for Scout is so that I can make Lewis tell me his Champions League team every week. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I asked him once or twice for some Champions League tips for uh, for DFS and he was like, yeah, these players, these players, these players. In fact, Andy, <laughs> before, before he asked you, Lewis, can you tell us about Nkunku? Should we all be getting Nkunku? I'm not too... I, I would be slightly concerned um, based on his... The Chelsea fans, like, they will tell you where they think he will play, but they simply just don't know. He could, could play as a number nine, he could play as a number ten. We don't know how good Jackson is just yet. You know, we, we, we haven't seen enough of him. Can he, can he lead a line? Is he, you know, can, can we trust him up top? Um, is he good enough to kind of replace Nkunku? So basically, you know, we, don't, we don't the, know. <laughs> we just okay. don't know, yeah. And I think pre-season will be very kind of telling. Okay. So I'd I definitely monitor them closely. Cool. Thanks. Back to Andy answering your question. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, no worries. Lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I th- it's really tough, like you said, because I think the template is really strong and that's because the really good teams have really good fixtures. So the template's always going to be strong like that. I think if I was going for some differentials, I think a player that hasn't really been spoken about and I don't see why he isn't going to be nailed in this team now, especially since the, the summer's kind of finished. Solly March for Brighton. I think everybody's talking about Matoma. I think lots of people are going for someone I can see sort of save money. But Solly March had a really good season last year. He's going to have that right wing nailed, um, unless they sign somebody else, by the way. But I think he could be somebody that, if you wanted to go against the grain and go against Matoma, I think Solly March could be a really good shout. I feel like if you... I'm not sure about ownerships now, because I haven't looked for a while, but I'm thinking someone like Madison could be a really shrewd shout for the first like you know five game weeks, if you really wanted him. It all depends on Kane staying. If Kane stays, I think he's a really lovely shout, because... I think he's going to be playing every game. It looks like he's going to be attacking in that system. He doesn't really care about kind of tracking back. And I think that that could be a really good shout. And I also think kind of, I've mentioned it already on this, on this spaces, but a Villa player, and I don't really know which Watkins? player to go for. Watkins? I know what, what do you reckon? The problem, the problem with Watkins is Jesus and Kunku are right there. And I feel like Watkins could have been kind of 0.5 less, but... Watkins has been ridiculously reliable in FPL for quite a while now. So he's not very good at pens, but he is on pens. Um, but I think he is somebody that could be a good shout. And a, and a Villa defender, someone like Moreno, someone like Pau Torres is coming in. I think he's only 4.5. Anybody from Villa, I think, could be really shrewd for the for most of the season, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, those are my three. Good. Great, great question. Thank you, Lewis. Let's go to Sam. Sam, what is your question? Oh, hi there, guys. Um, I was just sort of thinking about um, Gabriel Jesus. And obviously, last season, he was sort of in everyone's drafts. And I've seen him in quite a lot of drafts already this season. But I feel like last season, especially after his injury, he came back and was a little bit disappointing. 
just sort of wanted to know your thoughts on sort of Jesus for this year. Is he worth putting in from the start? It's a good question. Yeah, no, I, I think I would echo this question. So, Andy, because I know there's a lot of people putting Jesus in the game we won because, essentially, let's be honest, it's because it's Nottingham Forest at home, right? So, he, he was obviously exceptional yeah. at the start of the last season and then sort of faded away, then had an injury. Uh, convince me. And convince Sam. Yeah, so... Don't get me wrong, I think you are completely correct in worrying about him because he's not a good finisher. You know, he gets a lot of XG, but he doesn't Mm. actually finish them. And it's not because uh, they're hard chance or anything like that. He's just not as good a finisher as some of the strikers in the league. He he worried me last season. He did drop off a little bit. And I think apart from the game against Leicester last year, where he absolutely hauled, actually people didn't fear him that much once they started selling him, even though he was about 60-70% owned. I think the thing you've got to think about this year is that the first three fixtures are lovely and he is the perfect price to move to other strikers if we need to. And I think a lot of people have that kind of planned Jesus to Nkunku in mind because you're also freeing up 0.5 million and you're getting those lovely fixtures. You could also move to somebody like a Watkins who's got nice fixtures as well. So I Mm. think he's just the perfect kind of player to put in your team to have that kind of 3-5-2 formation and know you can move to other strikers. When I first made my draft, it was four five one, and it's really inflexible. And I needed that kind of second striker to be able to make it a bit more flexible. And Jesus is just perfect for that. So Arsenal, I'm expecting to score a few goals in his first three games. Is Jesus yeah. going to be in, involved? He's got to be involved in some way. So I think he's not a bad shout to start with. Do you know, my, my main problem in this whole game is I just believe whoever the last person I heard speak convincingly... Uh, so now I'm going to have Jesus. Brilliant. Uh, da- <laughs> David, David uh, Tran. Hello, David Tran. Yeah. Would you like to ask your question? Nice to meet you. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, I haven't spoken on spaces before, but there's a first for everything. Evening, gents. Of course. Um, yeah. Welcome. My... Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Um, so, Andy, um, my question is um, 6.5 mid- midfield options. Um, it seems to be very competitive this season with Mbumo, you've got Mitoma, to a lesser extent, maybe Eze and Almiron. Has everyone forgot about Bernardo Silva, actually? Because if Riyad Mahrez is gone, wouldn't he be the first option that you would have on the right hand side of midfield for the best attack in the league of last season? What a great question. That is absolutely true. Everyone's immediately gone Foden and we forgot Bernardo Silva. Go for it, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think there's probably a reason why a potentially nailed player for City is only 6.5 million. And it's it's probably because of, you know, his history of attack and returns. I know he had a little bit of a spell not too long ago and people started bringing him in and then he did nothing for weeks and weeks on end. It's all about the kind of the transfer window. City are being linked with a lot of players, players like Rafinha. Obviously, that could completely fill off um, what Mahrez's role there. When I'm considering who to bring in, expected minutes is massive for me. And Bernardo Silva is always going to be one of those players where I'm just looking at the team sheet every single week and thinking, is he going to be on there? And I hate owning players like that. I hate owning players that every week I'm looking at the clean sheet and got my fingers crossed and hoping they're there. So because of that, that is why I would prefer players like Mbumo, why I prefer players like Eze. I think Eze's a really good shout, by the way. Played really well in the um, uh, pre-season. I know it was a, uh, not a very good team he was playing against, but he's a really good shout. And, uh, and uh, Matoma. So Matoma, Mbumo and Eze are all ahead of Bernardo Silva for me. But if you fancy a bit of a risk and you feel like Bernardo Silva is going to start that first game, 
which we could have a leak for, by the way, then I understand that. But I think those other three players are ahead for me. Great question. Sorry, for some reason it wasn't letting me un- unmute. Great question. Thank you, David. Uh, does that answer your question, David? Do you want to come back on that? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, I'm I'm going to take the punt in a way and do the triple up of um, Foden, Bernardo and Haaland. So, uh, wish me luck, really. Uh, that's probably going to be 8 million rank by game week two. So. No, that's the that's sort of thing that we look, <laughs> we look back on and say, um... that's why he won FPL. <laughs> Yeah, so don't don't worry too much. Harry, Harry is joining us. Harry, how are you? And what's your question? Hi, yeah, thanks for for letting me ask my question. Um, I'm pretty much set on my midfield, but I've had an extra space that I've really considered putting um, Luis Diaz in. I just wonder what the other guys think about the kind of Liverpool front three and who will take those two spots along with Salah. Obviously, not many people... Are trying to fit in Salah with the price and having Haaland, but who do they think might start left wing and, and centre forward? Really, this is a great question. And I, can I add to that, Andy? Um, yeah, uh, I look, I look at the midfielders in FPL, and I'm like, well, you know, you could have Salah, but Salah's a lot of money, so I'm thinking, okay, do I get to Bosley? And then I look again and go, oh, or Jota. And then I look again, or oh, is he a forward, or whatever? But then I look again, I go, Luis Diaz. Like, there's so many. Uh, no one's got yeah. Diaz and Jota, really. What, what, what do we do? That, I mean, that is the issue. And you, the only guarantee we have got at the moment in that Liverpool team is that Salah's going to be there. That, that's the only guarantee we've got in terms of who's starting that first game. And even then, you're looking at that first game being Chelsea away and you're thinking, do I want to take the risk on one of those other players for Chelsea away? Yes, you want to take the risk in game week two for Bournemouth at home. Brilliant, because if you get the right player in then, you're going to be absolutely laughing. But I just don't see the risk outweighing, uh, the reward outweighing the whisk. The, 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 the risk Guys, the, the reward the does not outweigh oh, the whisk. God. Okay, remember that. that. Everyone that, write that down. That was, the reward does not outweigh the whisk. Mate, it's, it's past nine o'clock. I'm usually in bed by now. Um, so that's the issue. The good thing I like about Liverpool they're going to be low-owned. So Jota, Diaz, Gakpo, they're all going to be low-owned. So I don't think you have to go in that early on it. Everybody's going to be trying to get Salah for game week two. Everybody's going to be trying to get Trent if they don't already have Trent. But then in game week three and four, there's not going to be a clamour to get them. So by the time we know who is kind of playing, who's not playing, who's nailed, who's not nailed, it's going to be kind of game week four, game week five, and then maybe you can jump on them. So they're an easy watch and see for me. And I think you're going to be getting the rewards later on for kind of watching and seeing. Don't get me wrong, if you've got a Liverpool friend that kind of knows, yes, this player's nailed, then go for it, especially for game week two. But otherwise, I think they're a good watch and see. Brilliant. Thanks for that. That's really good. We're going to end in 10 minutes or so, but there's a few more chances for questions. Thank you, thank you, Harry. If you want to ask your question, if you've never done it before, everyone is welcome. You know, you might be there thinking, do you know what? I really want to ask a question, but oh, I'm not going to quite do it. Just do it. It's fine. Request. We'll let you in. Da King, you're back. What is your question? And the FPL Reactions wants to ask something as well, so we'll come back to him in a minute. But Da King, go for it. Go. You're live. Go for it, Da King. Um, hello? Hello. Yeah, so, like, last season, like, let's say, like, at the ending part of last season, I had King, and he was so good for me, so consistent, bringing the points in. Like, it really shut me up in my uh, mini leagues. And this season, 
like I'm just I just have that love for him. I just feel like ah, you have to get this guy again, and it's it's just so and you know you know like you actually like compete with Ireland. Although Ireland is like on another level, but thirty six goals, thirty goals, not so far behind and. I don't think a lot of people have him in the team, and he's just looking so good to me. I don't know why. Okay, yeah, yeah go I'm, for it, Andy. Sorry, go for it. Yeah, we all love Kane, and, and Kane is just ridiculous. And when you consider Matt, uh, Harlan scored that amount of goals in that Man City team, whereas Kane scored that amount of goals in that not great Spurs team, I think actually Kane's you know accomplishments maybe sometimes outshine Harlan's. The, the biggest thing with Kane is, is he even going to be there in game week one? That That's the biggest question for him. If he is still there, then yes, you could go for him. But I don't think you're going to be going for him instead of Haaland. If you don't own Haaland at all, you're going up against a 180% owned player every week. And if you ask all those players last season that started without him, it absolutely destroyed them. Mark Southerns and Az, two absolutely brilliant managers, both in the five millions for for weeks and weeks and weeks. So that's without gorgeous fixtures either. You know, up till game week seven, Haaland's unbelievable. The other thing is as well, I think you can't really go for Haaland and Kane because your team is just so imbalanced and and it's really going to be hard to kind of move around with flexibility there. So I'm, I'm going to be very, very surprised if people start with Kane. I think if you were going to do something like that, you'd be going for Salah instead of Kane, especially because of game week two. So I can understand why Kane's so lowly owned. There's a lot of question marks. Great. About Thanks, it. Andy. Andy, have you got, have you, can you stick around for another 20 minutes or so? I don't want to put into pressure. We've got loads of questions coming in. Uh, I can stay, give me, I can, let's say 20 pounds. 20 pounds. Okay, right. Let's, let's go through them. Okay, Lewis, go for it. FPL reactions. Yeah, sorry. Uh, firstly, I just want to return the favour with Andy. I just want to say you've done a great job, um, Fantasy Football Scout, and the, the, the content you're providing is just great. So I just want to say thank you and return the favour for that. Um, <laughs> no worries. Secondly, secondly, um, you, secondly Everett, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Eze has caught my attention during pre-season, and, and obviously you know the rumours are that Zahar could be leaving, which could mean Eze on penalties as well. What are your thoughts around Eze? I really like him. I really like Eze. He's absolutely nailed him, that team. Who'd have thought that a Roy Hodgson team would be as attacking as they were as well? Um, And I think it's massive for them that he stayed on because if we're going to see the exact same Crystal Palace we saw at the end of last season, I think we could be, you know, in with a really good shout of getting some kind of bargains from that Palace team. I really like him. I think the fixtures are nice. I think... It's tough picking Eze over, say, a Matoma who's going to be very highly owned and a Mbuma who's going to be very highly owned. But if you don't fancy Matoma, who did drop off at the end of last season, if you don't fancy Mbuma, who you know hit the post more times than Haaland scored goals last season, then I think uh, Eze could be a really good shout. Brilliant. OK, let's go. I'm just going to... Uh, hang on. I'm just going to mute someone who is uh, not on mute. Don't want to hear sort of... Something. Hang, on. hang on, hang on. This is all... OK, this has all gone wrong. Let's let's get rid of them. OK, OK, brilliant. Um, let's go to... Um, I think Sam was first. So let's go Sam, then we'll go Soren, then we'll go Akib. And then we'll probably end unless one person sneaks in. Sam, hello. We've, we've spoken to you before. Hello again. What's your question? Hi there. Hi, yeah, sorry. Thanks for having me on again. Um, just another question, and it was regarding um, James Madison. I don't want to go over old ground, but I know you sort of, Andy mentioned the sort of the first sort of five games, but 
I'm sort of looking at his stats and his figures that he was putting in for Leicester, um, and obviously a much inferior team, and he was putting out some you know, amazing numbers over the last probably two or three seasons. And for his price, do we not think he's worth just sticking in and seeing how he does almost for the whole season almost? I know I appreciate he's got some tough games, but he, he does seem to be able to turn it on and being on set pieces and all sorts. I just imagine he should be able to rack up quite a lot of points. I want you. the answer to this question as well, because every time I put Son in, I think, hmm, should I just get Madison and save one and a half million? So go for it, Andy, tell us. Yeah, I mean, like you just said, those first five fixtures are nice. I think... Um, they got Brentford, Man United, Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield United. I mean, from game week three to game week five, they're, they're gorgeous fixtures, aren't they? I think it does depend an awful lot on Kane. I think if you've got someone like Kane up front, for Madison, that creator behind, I think that's absolutely perfect for him. And you can just imagine kind of Madison and Kane being just like Son and Kane were, you know, those, those couple of years ago when it was just every week it was assisting goal. But I, I just think there's a lot of options in midfield that, I'm kind of prioritising over Madison. You know, you've got to have an Arsenal player and a Man United player, in my personal opinion. And then some of those cheaper options, like we've mentioned before, those 6.5 players are really nice options as well. And I think what a lot of people might do is a lot of people might put someone like a Madison in and then they think, oh, I just need to free up one mil to kind of upgrade somebody or to maybe get Onana in, whatever it is. And I think it's going to be someone like Madison that maybe takes the hit there. It is absolutely fine as well, I think, because... You know, those first two games, Brentford away and then Man United at home, you could say, let's just see how Madison plays in those and then invest in game week three. That's an absolutely brilliant shout as well. So, yeah, I do like him. And I think people that start with him, yeah, absolutely fine. But for me, like I said, he hasn't actually been in any of my drafts so far just because I, I, there's so many other midfielders I want as well. Midfield is 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 the question, isn't it? It's so many midfielders. Yeah. Um, you want to have the option to have five in midfield. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, it is the template, but I think it's probably right. Um, just to yeah. say two things while we're all still here, which we're, we're still here for another 10, 15 minutes or whatever, so, so stay around. Number one, pre-season is the best time to sign up for an FF Scout membership. I've put it in the top of the spaces there. Click that and you'll find out more. Secondly, we're going to do this again every Thursday. Next week, we're having Mark Southerns. So, Andy, how do you feel being, a, being oh. in a sandwich between FPL General and Mark Southerns? Uh, not the first time. <laughs> There you go. Okay, let's go to Soren first. Soren and then Akib and then Shinoisi. Soren first. Yeah, so if Salah was in your team on game, at game week one, what would be the formation you would go with and why? Yeah, good question. I think the problem is if, if you've got Salah in game week one, you're assuming you've got Haaland as well. And I think you're probably going to be struggling to have five in midfield that are five good players in midfield. So you're probably going to be going 4-4-2 or even going like a 4, well, maybe a 4-5-1, I guess. So I think it would probably be looking at those cheaper options in defence, maybe a Villa defender, like I said, like Moreno, uh, maybe someone like a Poros, going for those uh, Chilwell maybe. So I think that's probably the way I'd be going. I haven't played around too much with a Salah draft just because I'm really scared that I put him in and I'm going to really like it. <laughs> so I haven't played around with it too much. But yeah, that's probably the way I would have thought you'd be going. Right. It's all quick fire questions now. OK, so let's go to Akib and then Shinoisi. Akib first. Hello. Uh, uh, I just heard about the Bernardo Silva questions. I wanted to ask about the new transfer, uh, Mateo Kovacic. 
what do you think about uh, Matteo Kovacic's uh, uh, position in this current Manchester uh, City lineup? Yeah, uh, no, it's a very good question. Kovacic in the new in in the City lineup, where's he going to go? Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love this signing for City. I'm a United fan, and I I hate the fact that they seem to do so well in transfer markets. Um, he's an absolutely brilliant player. He's obviously struggling in this Chelsea team at times, but everybody has. I think he's a really, really good signing from them. He's going to be playing next to Rodri. Obviously, De Bruyne will be kind of just in front of him. I think he is a really good signing. He's not somebody I'm looking at for FPL. If you're going to take the risk on a City player, you need to look at a player that's got a lot of upside. And I don't think Kovacic really has that. Um, don't get me wrong. I could be completely wrong there. People said that about Gundogan not that long ago. And obviously, he went on an absolute storming run. But I think, for me, Kovacic, I wouldn't be looking at for FPL. Okay, good. Last question, uh, Shinoisy, go for it. Hello again, how are you? Hi, hi, what a privilege, thank you. I have one and a half questions. Wow, what a great yeah. opening line. Everyone is now intrigued, go for it. Yeah, and I'll give you the half question first. And the reason it's a half question is you don't have to answer it. But the half question is, will Fantasy Football Scout be doing any watch-along um, live streams okay I'll leave that with you to digest and think about in your uh, fantasy football scout meetings on upcoming content okay, thanks. but while you think about while you think about that um, question for Andy what's the thing that you are fearing the most about when it comes to your team versus what other players are doing so it could be you're missing certain players or it could be you've structured your team in a certain way and others are going a different way. So, you know, what's the thing you're fearing the most that might happen? Ooh, lovely um, question. Lovely question. Go on, Andy. Last question. Here you go. Go for it. Yeah, nice. Nice. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I'm looking at my team, and I didn't do this intentionally, it is fairly template. And that's just because I expect those players to do better than other players, basically. So there's not too many players I fear. I do worry about owning someone like Trent because... There's always the the option that obviously um, Liverpool don't keep clean sheets like they haven't done for a little while now and that Trent isn't getting the attacking output that means I've got an 8 million kind of wrapped up in one defender. But that always happens when you've got to spend that much money on a defender. I think not owning Salah in game week two, that, that is going to be big. And not owning any Liverpool attacker in game week two, but obviously I'll have Trent. That's going to be really, really tricky. Um, and I suppose the other thing is the Arsenal lads, like owning uh, Gabriel, Saka and Jesus sounds good, but there's every opportunity, there's every possibility that Havertz, Martinelli, Odegaard get the points, Zinchenko get the points. You look at their last pre-season game, I think they have five different goal scorers and four different assisters. So that could be the problem with Arsenal and there could be some big swings there. So those are probably the biggest things I would say. But that Liverpool game in game week two, I think there's going to be a lot of people that start going towards Salah and that's going to start worrying me a little bit. Brilliant. Andy, thank you so much for being part of FPL Question Time. We're going to do it again next week. It's probably going to move to 8.30 from now on. Mark Southerns is doing it next week. Just follow Fantasy Football Scouts uh, Twitter to find out. You will uh, see the uh, message and you'll see it, uh, the tweet and everything. But thank you very much. It's a chance to ask questions. I do hope we got through most people, we couldn't get through everyone, but most people who want to ask questions, so thank you very much. Do join Fantasy Football Scout. Preseason is the best time to sign up for an FF Scout membership. Save 30% at the moment. 
go to our website. Thank you very much. We're going to end it there. Thank you, Andy.